Follow Chicago's home for sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. I love that commercial right before um, we came back, how uh, the Black Crows are going to play their um, album Shake Your Moneymaker in its entirety and coming to a con- the concert out in Tinley Park. That was a huge album back in the in the well, 30s. They came out of nowhere. I, yeah, and I thought that a highly underrated group who I wouldn't mind seeing, yeah. but you know, Tinley Park's a tough tough sell for me, but that yeah. might get me down there. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it was really good. And plus, uh, Chris Robinson was actually with... Um, with um, what the heck's her name? How do I forget her name? Um, oh, I'll get Goldie Hawn's daughter. So, um, oh, yeah, back back in the day. So he was. Um, Are they still together? No, no, they've no. Yeah, I, I think the kids had a chance. Chris Robinson was too skinny. He, his 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 <laughs> legs his <laughs> legs are really long and are about as big as my arm. I mean, he's like the skinniest <laughs> dude I've ever seen in my life. It's yeah. crazy. Um, there was a guy, and we get right back to the calls because we're talking Sox and Cubs and the trade deadline and all that stuff. Um, but you look at it, and there was a guy on Twitter, and he got – I know you saw it too, Brian, because you retweeted it. But Don Hollyfield said exactly what I was thinking. Yep. And he said, mm-hmm. if the players were playing to their, quote, dynasty potential, then I doubt ownership would have been so cheap uh, about paying them. But you can't give guys putting out mediocre numbers all-star paydays. He's exactly right. He's exactly right, right because I mean, they didn't perform when they needed to perform. You know, that's why after 2016, they didn't. They got the playoffs. They got to the playoffs, granted. You get swept by the Marlins, yep. right? Yep. You oh, lose yeah. a wild card game, what, mm-hmm. two to one. I mean, yeah. uh, I mean, it just, it would, that team was a shell of itself because your, your big guys, your stars weren't your stars for the most part. So who's to blame? And it's interesting because right now ownership's getting the majority of, of the blame on our Twitter poll. Right. Um, I, I We had one caller suggest Rizzo's going to get four years, $100 million. I am going to be very interested to see what Rizzo, Bryant, and Baez end up signing for in, in this offseason once the CBA is settled because that will tell you how the rest of baseball values them. Now, they, they all can do – Great things in the next two, three months with contending teams, right? Yep. And maybe rebuild their stock and, and people will pony up what you know what they think they're worth right now. But you know, the Scott Boris days of Brian getting ten years and thirty five million or thirty five million per is, you know, ridiculous. And so we'll see. We'll see exactly, you know, where the Cubs offers were compared to what they end up signing for. And before we get back to the phones, I just wanted to check really quickly because I wanted to see what time the Mets play today. And what time the um, what time the Giants play today? The Mets are hosting the Reds at six ten, uh, so I'd expect Baez to be in the lineup, and sure. also um, the Giants. Why do I not see they the are uh, hosting Houston. Oh, okay. Um, three o'clock start there. Yeah, three o'clock start. Zach Greinke going against Alex Wood. So, uh, and that one's at Oracle. I know it's a little bit further. Maybe Chris had a hard time getting there. I think After. he was already on the plane, though. Was he? That was something he didn't speak. I think Bias spoke yesterday, but yeah, Brian, Brian didn't because he was already know, on a plane. Yeah, you know, and one of our uh, Twitter followers said, "It's uh, I would expect to get more than an injured prospect back for Bias, but we got an injured prospect back for Bias and Trevor. So not happy with with that return. But again, yeah. Javi Bias, two thirty eight OBP last year, two ninety two this year. Yeah." Um, not all star numbers by any stretch. Oh, and I was watching I was watching MLB Network earlier this week, and they talked about Baez. He had the lowest contact rate in all of baseball. Yeah, yeah. So that means you, he swings and misses more than anybody. 
Okay. And that's not a good thing. Especially when, you're, no, yeah. especially when you're looking for big money. Yeah. Uh, let's go to uh, Valparaiso and Paul. Paul, what's happening today? Hey, guys. Good morning. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, you can say whoever, you know, there's probably equal blame goes around with it. But I do agree that those guys all wanted more money than they were worth. And so the Cubs fans that are upset about the, them letting them all go, I, I'm not really sure why they would be upset about that. I understand that the easy point, too, from the media perspective is just to, to keep piling on the rickets. But my thing that no one's talked about, um, or I guess they, the opposite, is that when we say rebuild, I mean, they got 12 to 13 prospects, uh, you know, some pitchers, some outfielders, some infielders a bunch of different things that we don't know how those are going to materialize. Their farm system is in a better position than it was a couple of years ago. So yep. you got Brendan Davis, the center fielder. You still have Contreras. You have a number one in Hendricks. You have what seems to be a good middle infield in Horner and, and Madrigal. So I, the whole, Brian, you're saying four to five years, and then they're going to be allocated to $55 million in payroll next year. Why can't Ricketts go? He will go out and spend money. I mean, the fact no, that uh, they, two, you're years right. ago, uh, two years ago they had $220 million payroll. I, I, I'm with you. The pandemic uh, happened. I, I'm giving the only team the pandemic didn't and it, it, it hurt was the Dodgers, the Red Sox, the Yankees. I'm yeah. giving Jed Hoyer credit for the return he got because unlike the Darvish deal, which was a, a, a salary dump, pure and simple, and you got four teenagers who you still don't in, know if those guys might be studs though. Well, they, I mean, all you can do is go by the MLB pipeline and people who you know pay much more played. attention to this. Well, I'm saying, but they're Fernando, Tatis never, Fernando Tatis never played when the Sox traded him. My my point is, at least on paper, you got the 19th overall pick in in Crow Armstrong. You got Nick Madrigal, number four overall pick. You got Vizcaino and uh, Alcantara from the uh, Yankees, right? Nine and twelve. So at least on paper, you you seemingly got top prospects. So You're agree- with you. you guys. Yeah, you guys are agreeing with yeah, each other. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you you got you. But what about them spending money? You got you guys have it said that they're going to be cheap for the rest of it. The, they're just worried about their property. I'm, That's all. They they won the world. I gave, I gave, they're going to come I gave, back to a two hundred million payroll. I gave ownership credit for paying off the rest of Rizzo's contract to to maximize that deal. So we'll wait and see. We'll see how quickly they want to start. And how here's the other part of that, Fred. How attractive now is this as a free agent destination? Right, because you have nobody. You're nobody right. there, and everybody's. You're going to be a couple of years away at least. But they do right. have people there. We just we just talked about it. No, but they don't no, have you people. Know. You're you have not, a young not to attract. To... You're not to attract free agents. You no, don't. go through that lineup from last right. night again. Tell how me, you going to get? Know. Yeah, how are you going to get stuck pitchers in that lineup? The, uh, no one's coming to play with Nico Horner. No, they're not. No, <laughs> those are nice parts. Uh, having a nice double play combination is great, yeah. but they don't have the guys who are going to win a World Series. They don't have the guys who are going to get to the playoffs. That's the, guys, that's the guys who pay to win the World Series. You well, need somebody you, first you, in order somebody, to entice them. If the money is equal, they're going to go elsewhere because they're much more ready to win. That's all I'm saying. It, it's going to be a process. It is. It's you know four or but five I, years. I, I, just hope, I just hope. It, I hope. I hope if it's two or three years, you guys will admit like you were wrong the first time on the Rickets. Are we talking about winning a World Series or a division? Well, division, you got to get in, right? Well, I, I mean, they they were good enough to get in the last three years, and they did nothing once they were in. So, right, that's all I'm saying. So, okay, Paul, we I, I'll admit it in, in two or three years. If I you know how too. the Ricketts and and Jed Hoyer how they win back the fan base? Sign Nick Castellanos this summer or, the, or this off season. It's a start that would do wonders. Yeah, but but the uh, other thing, if you're Nick Castellanos, why would you want to come yeah. here when they don't have enough? They're not, they're not going to win right now. Maybe he feels like he is the the John Lester 
to, to kind of start that's the guy thing going. Right. Well, and, well and, it's, I mean, that's that's a little Tyler. That's John Lester came with jewelry and was a difference did. maker. I but, mean, I get I love Castellanos and everything he brought to the field. He's not. I mean, he's not. But they need that, a passion piece like who I, I guess Contreras to a degree is is yeah, that guy. Absolutely. But they need guys with passion. And that guy, Nick Castellanos, had it last year. No, it's a start, ago. but I don't he's not the North Star that's going to say, you know, the elite players who, who will be free agents in the next three years, I got to go play with Nick Castellanos. I mean, it's just not – people look at Max Scherzer at 36 and say, you know what, I'd like to be with him for a couple of years, even at 38 maybe, you know. That's right, the type yeah. of guy that draws people. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. We go uh, to Holbert and uh, Scott. You're on ESPN 1000. Hey, Scott. Hey, how are you? Thanks for taking my call. What's up? I, uh, I won't take much time. I just want to say um, – I hear everybody just wanting to to rail on the Cubs about uh, the, the ownership and everything, but let's think about one thing. A, or two things, I'm sorry. A, they offered these guys big contracts and they didn't mm-hmm. sign them. That's correct. B, you know, a lot of people say, oh, well, you know, we owe them for what they did. Yeah, we do. We do. So let's think about that. Javi said he wanted to go to New York and play with Lindor. They sent him to New York. Rizzo got sent to the Yankees so that he could be closer to his family and his wife's family. Bryant got sent to the West coast to be close with his family. Maybe they just said, Hey, you know what guys, we're going to get something for you. Here you go. Go be by your family for the rest of the year and figure out what you want to do in free agency. I think they did them a solid all, but, and I'm with you. I started the show by saying, I'm like Anthony Rizzo. If he turned down five years and $70 million, I don't think that's an insulting offer given his age and his uh, production the last couple of years. And so I, I don't, I don't, I'm not piling on ownership. I, I think, I think, you know, the players, as I voted on our Twitter poll, I put the, I voted the players for the most to blame because yeah. they didn't, they didn't do what they were supposed to do to force the issue for ownership to pony up. Right. Right. Yeah. They, they've got to, they got to step up and they didn't do it. And I think a lot of the players understand that too. They may not understand it right now, but if they step back and look at it, I mean, obviously, all the players want their money. They'd love to stay there. They'd love to be comfortable. I mean, Rizzo's been here since, you know, he, I, I think he, he's hit all but one of his career homers in a Cub uniform. Right. You know, and Brian played every game uh, as a Cub and Baez every game as a Cub. So, you know, it's tough to move those guys after you, they've been here as long as they are. And I understand how the fans are upset, but you weren't, you, you haven't won. You weren't going to win this year. And, you you couldn't have just waited. I thought they would wait on one guy when they were in a, in the race, okay? But then when they weren't in the race, um, you know, after that the eleven game losing streak, that was a tough one. Hoyer talked yesterday about making these tough decisions. This is the best run of uh, Cubs baseball that we've had in the last century, and um, you know, I couldn't be more proud of you know being a small part of of building that. And so you know, I was uh, talking to the writers and saying that you know these are players that. You know, players that my kids have their jerseys on the wall. Um, you know, these are players that, you know, I have stories going back, you know, sometimes 15 years, like with, with Riz. And so um, these are friends. And, and so these are incredibly difficult decisions. I understand that, that the emotional toll that it takes on the fans, because I know the emotional toll that it, it takes on me, uh, given my relationship with them. But ultimately, um, my job is to, to build the next great Cubs team and, and that the right way 
to go about that was to make these deals and, and look towards the future. And you know what? This is the first time he has this opportunity, too, because yeah. he's always been riding, and I hate to say it because he's a great guy. He's always been riding on Theo's coattails. Now it's, it's his, and yeah, now it's his call. Right now, it's him. He's got to make this, this these decisions. So, I, I'm arguably the toughest decisions the front office has made in forever. Sure, yeah. Right? There's I absolutely mean, it's no easy, doubt. It's easy to go out and, and get John Lester. It's easy when you have carte blanche to go out and and make a mistake with a guy like Hayward or whatever, and you're allowed to do that. It's it's easy to go get Darvish before you have to get rid of Darvish. When you're Jed Hoyer's first major task is to dismantle the whole thing and get what you can, and I thought he. would did a pretty good job getting stuff in return for a bunch of guys who are in walk years. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, ESPN 1000 team wants to come to your house for a football game this fall and broadcast live on the ESPN Chicago Twitch channel. Uh, you can now listen to Chicago's Home for Sports on FM. Show us your dash. That's right. Show us your dashboard when you're listening to... ESPN 1000 on 100.3 HD2. Send us a picture. Go to contest at ESPN1000.com. Submit your photo. Thanks to our friends at First Midwest Bank. Show us your dash to win a bash. The guys will come to your house, watch a football game. It'll be on Twitch. They'll do a side broadcast. And um, they'll have a great day. You can do that. Uh, check all the information out at ESPN1000.com. We come back. Jesse Rogers, he's been following. His head had to be spinning. All these deals made yesterday. We'll talk to him when we come back right here on ESPN 1000. ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Twitter at ESPN 1000. Brian, for months, at least at least six weeks, maybe two months, we constantly ask Jesse Rogers, how many of these Cubs guys are going to be gone at the deadline? <laughs> and Jesse, for the longest time, said, it's a long time off. Well, now it's over. And, we, and I don't think any of us knew that it was going to be everybody. Do I didn't you? have Jake Marisnik on that. No, so. no. I <laughs> I did not have Jake Mersnick or Tapera at that time because right, I was yeah, more but... worried about the other guys. Let's see what Jesse had to say about it. Jesse Rogers joining us on the Corona Hotline. Jess, what's up? Good morning, guys. <laughs> yeah, crazy day. I mean, a, a franchise-changing day, a, a changing day for the players that were moved. It just was something you don't see often. Unfortunately, it's it's you know a lot of team, a lot of people's favorite team blowing him up, but. You know, maybe this is the quickest way to to to, uh, to get back to contending as Jed Hoyer you know, sort of pitched to the reporters yesterday. We'll see. But uh, look, I said to Waddle and Sylvie, I, I think if one player had stayed, we'd be a little less shocked. Like, it is not surprising to me that he cleaned house, but I did not necessarily see all the stars leaving. Like, I thought they'd build around Baez or maybe re-sign Rizzo. Like, so it's just the difference between one player or not because – you go back to January, the die was cast. Uh, he signed up all these guys on one-year deals, had a bunch coming back on expiring, you know, team control situations, uh, trades Darvish, brings back a guy on a one-year deal in Zach Davies. Like, the die was cast. The only thing preventing this was going to be some sort of a special season, which it looked like they might have in May, and then that turned around in June. So nobody should be completely shocked by any of this. It was there for the taking. It was it was obvious. I what did I say? His default position was going to be to sell. I just didn't realize he'd get 
everybody. You know, he just cleaned house completely. So yeah. that was a little surprise. The only two that didn't go, Brian, uh, on MLB Network, they had a list of people. They had Contreras and Davies on that list. And so those are the only two guys that didn't yeah. go. Everybody else Davies. left. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, yeah. Look, a little surprising about Davies. Yeah. yeah. Well, Jess, here's the thing. I wasn't shocked. I mean, I get the the hurt and the pain, the emotion that Cub fans are going through. I understand all of it. I think Jed Hoyer did a decent job in, in maximizing his return for a bunch of guys. I mean, one thing, Chris Bryant is 134 OPS plus right now is almost exactly his career average. So when healthy and happy, he seemingly can be that guy that, you know, was winning awards and, and helping t- a team win a World Series. The, the other guys, you know, Baez, the numbers are are bad and Rizzo they're good enough, but are they good enough to turn down $70 million? So my question to you is, you know, were those fair offers that Baez almost signed and Rizzo turned down? And I mean, Bryant, well, I don't know, it was 200 million. They all said no, apparently to offers around the table. Correct. Yeah. Obviously said no, because they didn't, they didn't sign up. Now there's some disagreement on exactly what Chris Bryant saw to say no to, you know, he claims he never saw anything over $200 million or he would have signed it. I wrote about it uh, yesterday. Look, Rizzo, in hindsight, yes, he's having a bad year. So, yes, he left that money on the table. He knows that. He understands that. Now, you could I'm not defending him, but you could say if, if uh, he had signed a, a deal and this pressure wasn't on him, he'd be having a better year. You don't know. You can't go back and redo it. But it's not always easy to perform when you, when you have that contract on your mind. The great ones obviously you know, do, many of them. Sometimes you don't. My point is it's all part of the process here. If he had signed, he might be having a better year for all we know, and he still might have a couple good months. Um, but, yes, in hindsight right now, he probably should have taken that. I think he realizes that. By his situation, they never sort of got back on track after the pandemic. You know, he had the bad 2020. They wanted him to prove it a little bit, and this has been a real volatile season for him. So they just never got back on that track. He was probably going to make close to $200 million pre-pandemic. Um, now he's a couple years older, the volatile nature of his game, some nagging injuries, and they just never got back on track. So a lot of different reasons baked into this whole process. Part of it, you know, pandemic-related. Part of it just none of them had great years in 20 or 21, right? Chris started out great, came back down to earth a little bit, but his return, but they just weren't ready to – to go there with a huge contract for him. I think that die was cast a couple years ago. So a lot of different reasons behind it, Brian. But, um, yes, in some cases there were, there were solid offers. Uh, in others, I don't, I don't think they even got to that point with bias, for example. So it's not like one, 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 one size fits all when it comes to those offers. You look at it, Jess, and like I said, the one thing I think has surprised a lot of people is that they were all gone. And a lot of, like Brian said, he's not surprised. Um, do, did you think what they got back for Kimbrell was enough? Because some people thought they wanted got more. Uh, I know White Sox fans didn't want to get rid of Madrigal, but did you expect the, them to get more for any of the guys that they did move? Um, maybe, in hindsight, maybe one more like prospect for Kimbrell would have been nice. Like two major leaguers and a prospect. Uh, look, you, 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 Jed's been doing this a long time. He, 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 had, he knew he was trading Kimbrell April 15th. I'm telling you, just trust me on that. He knew early on he was trading Craig Kimbrell. Okay, so he had all this time. He goes all the way to the deadline. You have to imagine this was the best deal. Like, he's not a dummy, right? He, he took the best deal, and the best deal involved an everyday 300 hitter 
whether you want to call him in the making or currently, because he was hitting 300 when he went down. He's still very young, but he looks like an unbelievable contact hitter. And he got a live arm in Cody Hoyer, who's underachieved this year, granted. So, yeah, sure, he could have added one more prospect. But how are we going to question all these offers and stuff? He knows the prospects better. He knows what he could get back. So I like it. I like it. Yeah, maybe three for, for one would have been nice instead of two for one. But that that's about the most I can say there. I like the mix. Now, I'm no prospects expert, but I like the mix. There's a few that are, you know, closer to major league ready. There's, the, you know, the uh, the top draft pick of the Mets from last year, but he's down in, uh, you know, Class A. Dykeman's a triple-A player. So they got a little bit of everything, pitchers, position players, um, high upside, uh, maybe diamonds in the rough. Obviously, they're not all going to make it. So I do like the mix. Um, I would have loved to, uh, you know, trade it for one other player you can stick right now in left field, right? They really didn't do that. They are mostly guys that are going to take a year or two or more. And let's not forget, though, um, and if you want to spin this forward to how they get back to competing, you know, some of these guys will be flipped for, for, for uh, you know, guys that are not on this team right now. Uh, same thing with those teenagers they got for Darvish. I mean, Jed has said that several times that it's not just waiting for these guys to mature. It's also flipping them for, for the next group that's going to win because this is not a small market and you can move a little bit quicker. So we had a caller earlier in the show, Sox fan said, you know, he, he apologized to me. I thought four or five years as a, as a rebuild or whatever Jed wants to call it. Um, and maybe that he's the caller said, maybe that's optimistic. Um, and we had another caller saying that, the Ricketts family were getting roasted in the last 24 hours. We'll step up and, and pay big-time contracts within a couple of years and have a respectable payroll. A two-part question, how long do you think this takes, and will the ownership step up and do that when they seem to be interested in getting rid of money instead of adding money? No, I do think ownership will step up. They, they, it's not going to go 10 years without signing another big name or big contract. Like it, They're going to do it again. I, I am convinced of that. They did it the first time around. And certainly they're going to make a lot of money between you know now and when they do it again because their payroll won't be high. But, yes, they're, they're going to pay for some contracts soon enough. They Look, they paid for Jason Hayward. That's a disaster, right? I mean, no. they have stepped up. They had top five payrolls. Look, some of the criticism towards the Ricketts, I absolutely understand and, and, and agree with. As far as how long it's going to take, it's very interesting. The story I wrote on ESPN.com was really about the teardown. The next story is about how they build this back up. And there was a good back and forth with Jed Hoyer and, and the reporters yesterday. It was just four or five of us on the call. And, look, Jed doesn't want to call this a rebuild like it was in 2012, okay? But right now it is. Right now it is. They're doing exactly the same thing, trading all their assets for young players, okay? But that's as far as Jed's going to go right now. He says back in 12 or 11, he and uh, Theo got the chalkboard out, and they didn't know what they were going to do. They, they, were, they discussed how are we going to build the next championship team. They looked at the roster. They looked at the farm system, and they decided we have to tear it down, okay? And they did that, and that's exactly what they did here. But Jed says, that's as far as I've gone in terms of a plan. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do in free agency this year. I don't know what I'm going to do in trades. Maybe there's a trade to be had. Somebody wants three of the prospects we just acquired, and I'm going to flip them for you know X, Y, and Z. So that's his point. Now, you can believe him or not. It, I still think it's going to take some time. It's easier said than done to just say, okay, well, now that we have all these assets and financial wherewithal, we're going to get this guy, this guy, this guy. It's not that easy. But that's his point. Like, I, he doesn't know 
what he's going to do next. So you can't say it's going to be four years because he doesn't even know if it's going to be four years. But certainly, I think next year is a step back. It's, there's a new CBA. They're not going to go crazy in free agency this year. They're probably going to reassess, see what we have, see how Madrigal and Horner work together, whatever it is. You can't fill four starting pitchers, first base, left fields, right fields. You know, they, 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 need so, they have so <laughs> many holes. Going. You know, yeah. you can't, you're not going to do that in one year. So I, I say the earliest they contend again is 23. Well, see, the, when they did rebuild originally, they lost to get high draft picks, and we've talked about it the last several weeks. In those high draft picks, they, they got Almora, Bryant, Schwarber, and Happ. Okay, in, the, in, in for four consecutive years, their biggest thing was the deals they made. But they also had, you know, Rizzo was here from what twenty twelve was it is when he first got yeah. here. So Rizzo was here in twenty twelve. Rizzo was here. Baez was in their system. So was Contreras. They, those three were already here. So they had that, and then, like you said, they went out and got pitching. They picked up Hendricks. They found Arietta when the Orioles gave up on him. They 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 signed um, Lester. Yeah, they signed Lester. So they had some deals, but they had some guys in their system. Now the question is, which guys in their system now? And you mentioned Brennan Davis um, that we keep hearing about Amaya, right, the catcher? We keep yeah. We keep hearing about him, but you still have Contreras here. We come back. We'll take some calls from people that want to ask Jesse questions. We'll, we've got more for Jesse. 312-332-3776. Hanley and Hubner. Jesse talking with us as the Cubs look to rebuild the White Sox. Look to October, uh, I guess, with the main moves they made. We'll talk to you when we come back after this on ESPN 1000. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Facebook at ESPN Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. Jesse Rogers, nice enough to join us here on ESPN 1000. Fred Huebner, Brian Hanley. We'll get to your calls in a second. First, um, Brian and I with a couple of questions for Jesse. Hey, Jesse, what with the legacy of the so-called Cubs core, they win the World Series for the first time in over a century. My, my older brother texted me last night. He said, you know, kind of feels like the 85 Bears should have been a dynasty. It's not easy to do, certainly. What what will this legacy be? I mean, as even with the World Series, in the years following, was it a disappointment? Uh, I mean, how will people remember this group? Oh, I think they're going to remember the, the, the World Series more than anything. Look, the 108-year drought, <laughs> you know, uh, we, we most of us never thought we'd live to see it, right? So right. I, I think it'll be fondly remembered. Um, yeah, in this moment, uh, the last few years weren't weren't good. That, that's the most recent memory for sure. But as we get further away from it all, uh, it'll be remembered fondly. And then these were great, great guys, great players in that moment, great characters, fun to watch. It was, all, it was, it was, it was the whole package, just kind of like the 85 bears, but, it, but, the, but certainly um, it hasn't been as great lately. And I, I've said for years now that I think this is a complicated, you know, sort of almost mental thing when it comes to why they didn't repeat. I, I said it in the, in, even in the, couple years afterwards like by 18 i was saying this the reason they weren't repeating or winning again was the fact that they won in the first place the air came out of the balloon the motivation came out and it wasn't replaced and i criticized joe madden for that i'll criticize theo and jed for that They, they didn't realize the world changed the cub world changed when they won that world series in hindsight in hindsight i think they should have 
done something major to shake it up after 17. You give them a chance to repeat. But after 17, I think they they should have shook it up and brought in some new players that hadn't won a World Series, right? That were hungry for one hmm. and mix that in and 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 sort of transform them in that moment instead of just keep running it all back because again that that it changed the whole atmosphere changed and i don't think joe addressed it at all and i don't think theo and jed addressed it until it was too late that's my viewpoint having grown up as a cub fan and now as a reporter i don't think they realized how things and it's surprising that theo and jed didn't because they went through it in boston but this isn't boston this is the chicago cubs and that so that's my opinion we could talk hours on that but I think in this moment, Jed probably did the right thing, too, right now, because it wasn't going in the right direction. These guys hadn't signed up. And the last thing you want to do, and he said this over and over again, is is go to that edge of the cliff and fall over it like the like the Phillies have done, like the, the Tigers did after their run. So you, you let these guys walk for what? For, you know, for two months of bad baseball here. And you get not you don't get much back other than compensation. And then you're stuck. So in his mind, he he um, he sped up the rebuild by doing these trades yesterday. So that's kind of my view of everything between 16 and yesterday. Yeah, speeding up the rebuild is the way on the other side of town. We talked about it a little bit earlier when you go and get a Moncada or a Kopech higher draft picks. Now he got a couple. He got a couple of nines. He got a 12th. He got the fit the fifth prospect and things like that. And I think that's important to get some guys. We actually, you know, the people actually know their names. Um, unlike the, the guys from San Diego. Let's go to uh, FedEx Herald, and uh, he joins us here on ESPN 1000. Herald, what's up? Hey, guys. How's it going? Uh, Jesse, I have a question, actually. Uh, I wanted to hear uh, your thoughts on this, actually. If the Cubs were still hot, like the hot, like they, they were in May, would you still think that, uh, what's his name, uh, Hoyer would have uh, traded these players still? And I wanted to hear your thoughts on that. No, absolutely not. No, he that would be career suicide. I mean, we I wrote about a, a possible white flag trade, but that would have been if they were three or four games out. If they were in first place playing like May, no, absolutely not. They would not trade him. He said that yesterday, and he, you just can't do that. You can't rip apart a first-place team. Um, you'll lose all credibility in that locker room for years to come. So, no, he would not have. But when I said he knew in April Kimbrell was going to be traded – I think he knew in his heart they weren't good enough. It was a, it, it's like one of those, it's, it's a one in 10 chance they'd have some sort of a special season. Okay, so you run this out. April was okay. May was unbelievable. All right, maybe we have that 10% chance happening. And then it all falls apart, which was likely to happen. That's why I, I say he kind of knew, because it was likely to end up the way they are with the record they have. It was a strange way to do it, to, to be so good in May and so bad in June. Like, I would have expected it maybe just to be sort of 500 the whole way, but they did it a very dramatic way, being good and then bad. But, uh, no, he would not have made those trades if they were in first place. And that could have sent him back even further, because then if you take that tumble when they had it then, and, you know, you move that till after the trade deadline, right. it could have been even yeah. worse. So, oh. basically, that could have been, what happened could have been the best thing that happened for the future well, of the I, team. I think so. But then yeah. again, if you're in first place all the way through the end of July, right. well, it's a, maybe it is that 10% chance you're going to have a special season. And then you're picking somebody up instead of getting rid of people. Right, exactly. Uh, and you yeah. make yourself better. Let's go to Displays and Frank. You're on ESPN 1000 with Jesse. Hey, good morning, fellas. Uh, I know yeah, I, I 100% agree with uh, how how everything went down. Unfortunately, it's, it sucks for Cubs fans, but uh, we understand it. My question is, we all know how important it is to have 
good guys in the locker room, what are the chances? Give me a percentage of what you, I know it's hard to say, but what you think the likelihood of Rizzo coming back next year would be. Yeah, that's the only good question to ask because I, I don't think it's happening with Baez and and, um, and uh, Bryant. Um, I, I, you know, there's 20, 29 other teams that can bid on him. So if I said something like 50%, that'd be ridiculous. It, it's back to that 10% I just spent, like 10, 20%, 15%, you know, five, you know, it's some small percentage that only because it's a good relationship and they don't have a first baseman next year that I know of. <laughs> so, I mean, based on that, but, hold on, Swindell, uh, you know, Swindell is the guy, the guy they, they came in, yeah. he pinch hit. <laughs> Swindell. But if he has a big, if he has a big couple months, he's yeah. certainly going to go back on the market and look for a, a good deal and all that stuff. So I'd, I'd give it a chance based on the relationship, but still a small one, because once you get to free agency, it's, it's hard to picture that kind of stuff. Though it's happened, Jason Hamill signed back. Um, I, I, so I'm not going to say no. I'm just going to say it's less than 50% for sure. Well, I mean, do the Cubs up their offer? If that five-year $70 million was legit, uh, they don't come back to Anthony Rizzo and say, you know what, we made a mistake. Here's ninety million. Um, no, no. So he has now, to look, settle. Yeah. If if he has a couple big months, it helps his free agency for sure. But I highly doubt they're going higher than what they just did. He's no. a year older now. Um, I, I no, I do not think they're they're. He wanted over a hundred million. Um, but look, I think he's going to be realistic. He's he's had a, a you know sort of an average four months, even if he does get hot. He's not going to recoup all that value, so um, I don't think they offer that. But I also don't know if he, you know, is going to demand that or more because he understands that it hasn't been the best year for him. Jess, before we let you go, let's grab one more. Let's go to uh, Spencer. Spencer, what's going on? Hey guys, uh, yeah, I was actually just going around Wrigley <laughs> when I called in, <laughs> but um, I just wanted I I was listening earlier and they were t- you guys were talking about. The uh, 2012 retool, like tear, complete teardown. I think this is a little different because, my, at least for the last, next two months, I'm focusing on what Azalea, Keegan Thompson, and Justin Steele can do. If they can be like take that next step and be legitimate MLB caliber starting pitchers, that gives the Cubs going into 2022 four starting pitchers, three that are cheap as all hell. And stuff, and I think that could uh, fast track this rebuild, retool a lot faster than some people are saying. I still think it's going to be 2023 before they get to like division competing and stuff like that. I think next year is actually a lot like 2014. But I think if those those three guys can prove that they're at least middle of the rotation or better starting pitchers, that frees up a lot of uh, money for uh, supposedly the Rickets to go out and use. As no, that, that's there, a great so. thought. Thanks, it's, a big, it's a, it's a big if though. It's yeah. a big if. I've got um, a lot of concerns I, about Azalea right now. I don't. You know, yeah, I, yeah. He's got, but at least there's 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 talent there. He just has to figure some things out. Hopefully, um, if if next year is like 2014, then that is good news for the Cubs. I'm not sure if we can say that. So he took the optimistic view. You know, I'm not saying he's wrong, but he took the very optimistic view. Um, I'm not, I, and, and, and he's also right. It's not going to be exactly like 2012, right? You have different pieces and whatever. Um, so we'll see. I think that's the optimistic view that next year could be 14. I think next year is more like 13. Then we'll get to 14. <laughs> We're going to yeah. re, re, reboot all this. So, uh, let's see. I mean, he's not wrong. You've got something there to work with steel and Thompson and, 
and, and Alzelay, but they have to take their steps. And then they, they've got to find new leaders in that club. There's a lot to do in, in, the, in, in a short period of time if they're going to be competing in 23 even. But I would say that's the earliest you have a shot. And, of course, they have to hit the free agency market as well because that's always part of it. Jess, do you think when David Ross took the job he had an idea this might be happening? Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, here's the, here's the second part of that. Uh, Jed says he's a star as a manager. How do we know and will we find out with this young group? Um, you know, I, I still don't know. I love David Ross as a guy, but I, I'm, I'm not sure how good a manager he is. Yeah, that's a fair point. I think Jed believes that in his heart. But I don't think we've seen the proof of it necessarily on the field. I think he's pretty good. I think he's, you know, my, I always quote the Steve Stone thing: like thirty managers, uh, you can you can pick a name out of the hat. They're all about the same, right? There's a few that are really special, and a few, you know, Terry Bevington that they don't belong. But most right. of them are good. He, he know, you know, David Ross knows baseball. He seems to have a good, you know, uh, relationship with players. Like he knows how to talk to them. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, he seems pretty good. But you're right. We don't know if he's a rock star just yet. He's just at the beginning here. But going back to your question, Fred, look, this this whole organization knew what was happening um, years ago when all these guys were on the same track. The question was, could they sign a couple of them up and, and this is where they failed, bring in the next wave of talent? Ian Happ, I'm sorry, yep. almost a complete disaster at this point. That is a that that is one of those names that, that should be helping them contend in the next era here and we don't know if he can we can go through some other you know you know uh, prospects that didn't work out obviously hayward's contract that didn't work out they haven't found that young pitching to bring up now they finally have but they didn't in the years from 16 to 21 right so that's the big failure where the dodgers had the next wave of talent and even boston took a step back next wave of talent um the cubs haven't had that so now they've got to reboot and try to find it Jazz, appreciate it as always. I'm sure there's going to be a lot to talk about it for the next several weeks. Thanks for jumping on in. You got it, guys. Have a great Thanks, weekend. Talk to you soon. Thanks. You Jesse Rogers, read it. make sure you read all of his stuff at ESPN.com. I'm sure he'll have a lot more stuff on the Cubs. We're still going to hear more from Hoyer. We're going to hear from Jeff Passan and Buster Only. They were on their um, baseball tonight trade special and talked about the Cubs overhaul. We'll get back to your calls. All that and more, Hubner and Hanley. We're here till noon on ESPN 1000. This hour is brought to you by Northwestern Football, Chicago's Big Ten team. Coach Fitz and the 2020 Big Ten West Division champions return to Ryan Field this fall for matchups with Michigan State, Iowa, and more. Season and single-game tickets on sale now at nusports.com. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. So now the season continues. The Cubs in uh, D.C. against the Nationals. And, again, yesterday, you know, their team was uh, shredded, um, kind of just like the uh, the Cubs were. They had out guys, two guys um, making their Major League debuts, I'm pretty sure, a guy in left and a guy in right. Or was that the other game? No, that was the Miami Marlins game I was watching. Mm-hmm. You're watching so I was watching. Right. I was watching the Yankee game because I wanted to see Rizzo bat. Right, and then I'm, they're showing the Marlins, and two guys made their major league debut. Uh, the Cubs had a, had a pitcher make his debut at the very end of the game last night. Um, what the heck was his name? I got it right here. Uh, Rodriguez. I think he went one inning, struck out two guys. Um, you had Morgan Rucker and Rodriguez 
I would give almost any Cub fan. Murderous Row. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, your you pitchers, I mean, okay, they gave up, let's see, four innings, two runs, three hits. They struck out four. You know, wasn't brutal. No. They, they got they got guys they were bringing up. I was trying to count. I lost count three times. I was try, trying to count the number of people that had pitched for the Cubs this year. Because oh. you also have you also have Sogard, you also have um, you know you know other Duffy, yeah Rizzo, Rizzo, yeah, yeah. So you, they showed that in the uh, the video tribute that the Cubs put together on Twitter. Sure, it showed them pitching and striking out Freddie Freeman. Those came together a little too fast for me. Well, I got to say, they, I, I, I they probably had him in the drafts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they probably had him in the drafts for yeah. about a month now. But well, here really quickly before we uh, hear. Um, we get back to the calls. I also want to hear the passing and only thing. I'm looking really quickly. I wanted to see if I wouldn't think they do. The Giants or the Mets come to town? No. So the video they have they get to wait for video tributes to next year, right? How exciting is that cross town classic going to be too? By the way, <laughs> that's next weekend. It'll be yeah. a biggie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everyone's saying the Field of Dreams game is now kind of intriguing because you could have Kimbrel versus Rizzo. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's a good chance. It's coming up August 12th, and uh, the field looks nice. You know, it looks pretty cool. They've what did they got, say? 6,000 people? I think eight. Eight. I think 8,000. 8, but I, I think they're going to have to have a fence somewhere because you can't have, like, ground balls rolled into the cornfield. you got to have double. <laughs> I guess there'd be a lot of them throughout the course of the game. And all of a sudden, was nothing left that game. <laughs> <laughs> Eli runs in, and all of a sudden, Ray Liotta comes out. I mean, it's like, what's going on? An old Ray Liotta. I mean, there's a, what's, what's happening here? So hey, moving like Tony Larusa, going after a catcher. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and Eli comes back. He play. He hits a home run, and then he hurts his groin, and he's out for yeah. a couple of days. It's like, oh Good lord, lord. It just, it just continues. It just keeps on going. Let's grab Owen real quick. We can always play the sound. Owen's on hold and. Willowbrook. What's happening, Owen? Hi, guys. How are you today? Doing well. Yeah, I, w- I want to ask you a what-if question. If Madrigal's not injured, do they still pull off that trade? Because in my mind, Madrigal was on base for Anderson and Abreu all the time, which I actually thought made them better hitters. And they've kind of gone a little bit south since Madrigal got hurt. And um, I'm just wondering, you think they pull that trigger if he's still playing and doing what he was doing, getting on base two or three times a, day, a game? I would, you mean the Hernandez deal or trading him for Kimbrel? No, no, the Madrigal. Madrigal, the yeah, if you move Madrigal at all. Um, right. Yeah, I, I don't think, well, the Hernandez deal definitely wouldn't have been made. I want right. to appreciate so. the call. It's an interesting thought. Um, yeah, I, they love, obviously you love Madrigal. Um, I don't think you're making that move. But, you know, he's hurt. So I just heard he's the straw that stirs the Sox drink, as he said. They've yeah. gone south since he got hurt. But you yeah. got to think about it. These contact guys, when the Cubs were humming back in May, it was hey, because Nico it. Horner was in that lineup. Right. I know. I, I, and he was I a little said, change of pace. Yeah. And Matt top, Duffy top was playing. Of the show. Well. I said, top of the show. If I'm going to love Nico Horner, then, you know, I'm all for Nick Magical being in the Cubs uniform because they have to change the culture of the idea that. We're all hitting home runs today. I I thought I had heard, and maybe I'm mistaken, but I, you guys you guys both follow the Cubs a little bit more than I do. I thought that Nico Horner's natural position was shortstop. It wasn't was. It? He was a shortstop yeah. in college. Okay. Right. So, and and I think he and he and Madrigal actually played. 
in some kind of all-star game. So like the futures game. They right? played in the Cape League when I worked in the Cape League. Both okay. of them were there. Okay, so now, they didn't was, play with each. They play they with didn't each play other. With each other. No. Okay, I thought I heard had heard they played with with each other, but uh, yeah. So I mean, moving. I, I had posted as soon as as soon as the uh, magical deal was made. I said, well, this frees up sell, getting rid of bias now. Because yeah, you can absolutely. move Horner to short. And so when they did move Baez, I, that didn't surprise me because it made sense. If you're the Cubs, if you couldn't have gotten Madrigal, then maybe you don't make that deal. Or you probably would have made it anyway and just yeah, said, right. we no, don't have a second baseman. we got to find one. Um, but, yeah, bringing Madrigal over and move Horner to second, that's a nice little double play combination you can have for the next five, six years. So I, I would ask Sox fans, because you weighed in, and Jesse, Jesse thought maybe you could get one more prospect for Kimbrel. Yeah. But all I know is a lot of Sox fans didn't think you had to give up Magical to get Kimbrel. So, I mean, did, did, did Rick Hahn fleece the Cubs, or did he give up too much? I mean, we, we'll wait and see what Kimbrel does, but I expect him to be the pitcher he's been so far this year, right? Yeah. Unfortunately, um, it's baseball, the way baseball is, and we talk about it with the three true outcomes and all that stuff. And it's home runs, and they're hoping to get Luis Robert back, and then um, you know Eloy Jimenez back, and going deep. And you see Gavin Sheets have been hitting the ball deep, um, and and getting on base too, and actually playing pretty well. Um, so I, I think they said, yeah, Madrigal's an on base guy. He's a nice on base guy. He's a second baseman. Maybe the White Sox organization felt the same thing. Some of the some of the uh, Cubs people were thinking yesterday. Some of the Cubs fans were calling. The station, they kept saying, well, you know, Madrigal makes outs on the bases. He makes errors and stuff like that. Maybe the White Sox saw that Madrigal, what we, what they saw from him was what he was going to give them. And uh, they figured, listen, we can find another second baseman who can do the similar things. And I well, guess why a 300 hitter, right? I mean, yeah. an empty average guy. Yeah. A guy that's not going to hit the long ball, but then he go and get Hernandez for the rest of the year. He's got it. He's tied in home runs with, with Abreu right now. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. And I think they both had. Um, what was the number I saw? They, they both had equal numbers of something, you know, uh, RBIs or something like that, game-winning RBIs, stuff like that. So, yeah, uh, I, I I like Madrigal a lot. I thought he was a perfect guy to fill that spot. They, they you know, when they drafted him, I thought it was a good move. Um, I don't know. I like contact guys. I like guys that get on base. That's always a nice thing. It's nice well, to have I mean, people you, on base. I love the balance of you. Got to have guys yeah. who can put the ball into the seats. Yeah. But I mean, when everyone on that Cubs team thought they could do that and they really couldn't, right. now you got an issue. Yeah. I mean, so I, I'm all for adding more contact hitters to a Cubs team that needs that. But now, you know, where's the power coming from? You know, Jed, Jed's got, Jed's only got half the job, maybe not even a third of the job done, and he looked like he'd been through hell and back and. By the way, one of our Twitter followers, speaking of hell, has Ricketts as the devil. Very creative. Did I you saw see it. That? Yeah, yeah. Uh, very nice. Sitting there in the flames, twisting yeah. his tail you yeah. know, with a big smile on his face. It'll be really interesting. I'm really interested to see what's going to happen at attendance-wise for the rest I of the season. Great. Qu- and next year, too. Yeah. More importantly, when you have to re-up season tickets. Right. Try because and be a season ticket is, holder for this game. It's just 2013 yeah. or 14. Remember, they actually have they had ticket deals in the bleachers where you got free beer and T-shirts to buy tickets. Right. That's how bad it got. Yeah. No more sellouts. Right. 312-332-3776. We come back. We'll hear from Jeff Passan. He was all over the tra- the uh, trade deadline yesterday. He also joined Waddle and Sylvie. We'll hear from him on uh, the from the trade deadline special. Lots of other stuff. And uh, we'll also hear some stuff from last night's Sox game. Tony La Russa, they're not happy. Abreu's getting hit. And we'll hear that and take your calls. 312-332-3776. We're here till noon on ESPN 1000.